Welcome one, welcome all to episode 205 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, November 25th, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. And in this episode, we see news of a major Xbox IP making its return after 10 years the Xbox hardware sales in Europe are way down. It is a staggering number. And there is the now infamous Xbox tax discussion that does bear a bit of weight, more so than you might imagine, uh, worth discussing at the very least. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I am doing good. Uh, it's, it's a four-day weekend for me and uh as such i destroyed my sleep schedule so good on me <laughs> and uh so i'm up early trying mm -hmm. to reset it before monday because you know i if i give i give myself a couple of days then a good chance i might actually do it mm -hmm. um but outside of that uh buddy i'm working on the new i'm working off of the new pc man uh, i've been You're building this PCs. thing yeah i've been i've been uh, uh building or getting a, a, a category of parts together Mm -hmm. and slowly putting it all together i want to try and make the next gen xbox in my home mm -hmm. before phil spencer has a chance to sell one to me so i've i've put together parts and stuff and i haven't got everything but mm -hmm. i've got enough to get it working and oh boy it, it i tell you man the jump from a 2017 like pre-built alienware to like current cutting edge tech nowadays mm -hmm. is staggering is it both both in the in the pc realm as far as like performance but also on the wallet <laughs> yeah i can imagine goodness i will tell you i chuckled because and I'm, i'll tell listeners uh he was very excited about this but he was like in our group chat like our voice chat while we were playing call of duty talking to kevin and i about he's like okay i think i need to do this and this and kevin and i are just like uh-huh 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 no idea what he's talking about and it goes back to something we talked about last week where you gave me some details and i was like mm, all right that's enough oh yeah uh, and then listeners were like no 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 that's not enough what else is going on and i thought that was funny yeah that, <laughs> i knew as soon as we got into the conversation like if i went if i went general people would be annoyed because they'd want to know like per precise types of of uh of, of details for specs and stuff because it's mm -hmm. it's it makes a big difference. It really does. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, so working on the new system. It's fantastic. It looks really cool. I realize I have a ton of like years of years of trying to migrate files from one to another. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm doing it like piecemeal so that I, I don't like just grab all the junk that I don't need Smart. and dump it onto this new system. Mm -hmm. So I it's it's been a it's been a very it was a very busy Friday. Uh, we canceled uh, canceled like all our plans and stuff, and I worked on it so that I could be able to get things up and running for mm -hmm. our podcasts this weekend. And but it's it's fantastic. It's it's amazing. The speed is is great. My That's old cool. graphics card, it, it it's 
it's so nice. It's like it's it's working, mm-hmm. but I'm actually seeing the 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 results of it actually being able to do its work. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Now, uh, I would imagine your words of kindness are connected to getting this. Yes, because it's it's partly because of the community that I have with Keelhauld, mm-hmm. uh that have not only helped me with like understanding like who or, or you know like who i should be watching videos for and stuff like that but mm-hmm. they're also the ones that funded this too so wow. they helped me kind of and, and it was just like over the months you know each patreon uh mm-hmm. cash out came in and i would take that and i would put it towards a couple new parts and stuff like that so the keelhauled community has absolutely helped kind mm-hmm. of grow this over the last um probably the last five or six months Mm-hmm. at this point so that's it's been fantastic. fantastic yeah no that's that's so good dude and i'm looking forward to uh seeing kind of what you can do with it if it changes your content delivery uh if it just streamlines it whatever you decide to do that's awesome man and so shout out to keelhaul for that support for sure yeah yeah i really sure. appreciate it how about you how was your week uh week was good uh i only had two work days and then uh time off which was much needed much needed mm-hmm. uh for sure uh i want to shout out to several people just quite a few and nebulous as such when i say this um i had a lot of people reach out to me as a result of some of the interviews i'd done both immortals of avium and war tales uh and war tales came out not a ton of people checked out that interview because we're right at the holiday right yeah um no one's talking (laughs) yeah exactly yeah everyone's pretty quiet quiet news week right um Mm -hmm. justin biggers he he wrote in on YouTube thanking me for the War Tales interview, saying he's going to download it on Game Pass as a result of it. I had a ton of people, like too many to count uh, at this point, well over 10, too many to count. Uh, a lot of people reach out and say, hey, I'm checking out Immortals of Avium thanks to this interview, which was cool. Yeah, um, It really made my day because it was, it was weird watching that info go out because there was some breaking news in it, uh, but Windows Central did their own interview after mine and they cited of course their own interview uh mm-hmm. but like some people cited me some people cited them but i had a lot of people check out the interview which was really cool and that meant yeah. a lot to me because it was you know it was months in progress listeners will know it took me months to get that done um and sometimes it's like that right like i've had yeah i've had diablo and cyberpunk in the fire for a while hoping those come to fruition but like their irons in the fire and so, you know, like sometimes it, it just works out. So it's been cool seeing a lot of people reach out and saying, hey, I'm checking out this artist's game because of your interview, this this creator's game. And that's that's fun. Honestly, the, the it, it was a bummer that we that you, we didn't get a chance to like interview them together and, and it had to wait so long. But I think the timing worked out so much better because your interview really did kind of show a spotlight on Immortals of Avium. It's like one of our favorite games this year. And because it was timed with the update, I think it gave everyone an opportunity, plus the sale, uh, Mm -hmm. everyone an opportunity to actually pay attention to it post Starfield and Spider-Man 2 and Alan Wake 2 and Baldur's Gate 3. And it's it's actually getting a little bit of a revival now that everyone's like, okay, the the big titles that everyone knew was coming out are, Mm -hmm. are out of the way now. Right now we can kind of like pay, give a little more attention to other titles that came out this year that weren't as marketed uh, like the other ones. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm really looking forward to, uh, well, let me rephrase. I'm hopeful to see news of like, Hey, we did really well this holiday or something like that. 
Me too. I hope so. Happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Logan, uh, those are my two interviews that just came out recently. And of course, we're going to be recording a community episode with our patrons uh, sometime in the next week or so for our Xbox wrap up. Uh, yeah. which is effectively called the Double Down Show, but <clears throat> it's an Xbox wrap-up. And, of course, I want to shout out some of our patrons uh, for this week. It is your turn to read. And I have yes. bad news, Logan. If you missed the video version, I now just splash screen over when we read these names so you can see everyone's name there. Yeah. So we no longer need to lip sync. It's a sad, and we're tiring that as a, as a process. That's, that's all right. People that's will right. remember it. Yeah, and, and that's you know we're adaptable you know adaptable. if something if something changes we're gonna adapt we're not okay. just gonna be like nope we're still gonna we're still gonna you know commit to eating double downs all the time oh i am when the double down we comes can... <laughs> back i owe this community a double down feast i do, yeah, you do. and i yeah, will do. respect it i'm just waiting for it to return uh diablo expansion that's that's when we're looking i'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> all right my friend it is your turn to read our tier two and three shout outs hit it Tier two and three shout outs this week go to Nicholas Johnson, Ellery Woods Parker the third, Nicholas Downey, Rob Frawley the second, Tao Zochi, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, Matto 1606, Randall Thor 19, Silkenit, Rick Gaffney, African aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33. Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you all so much for your love and support. Remember, if you guys want to love and support us, uh, the best way you can do it is to head over to patreon.com forward slash xbox expansion pass otherwise just circulate the content you know tell a friend share a link in your discords with your buddies uh let them know like hey this is something i thought was really cool this week or this is a show that i really love and uh help kind of grow the the player base because i think the more people we get into the community the better the the overall discussions have because you got more more ideas coming into the conversation there we go. I was muted. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. My audio is not showing up on the thing I just noticed. You're popping. You're good. I got you. Okay. Okay. I got you. You're brilliant. You're beautiful. Uh, don't you worry. Definitely stress this new PC. It's your fault. That's what we're going to say. No. Yeah. <laughs> don't if you it messes up. <laughs> no, if it messes up, I'm going to feel really bad. So if, if as I long as you bad. see that I'm, I'm coming up, it's not showing up on mine for some reason. No, no, you're popping. You look, you look, uh, you look a little fragmenty on my screen, but that's just internet stuff. I think, yeah, I think that's just internet. All good, my friend. Well, uh, lots of stuff. Not really, let me rephrase. Not a lot of stuff this week in terms of big news, but some interesting talking points for sure. Uh, I think first we have to talk about Killer Instinct. Uh, yeah. This is a franchise that seems to be very important to the Xbox One fans the fans of the xbox one and the xbox one era um i think long talked about and discussed is the difficulty with getting out first party titles in the xbox one era truly the worst generation xbox has ever had uh in terms of mindshare to yeah. say the least um and while there are definitely some gems you know throughout the xbox one's release uh it definitely didn't compete anywhere near what it should have 
uh, or could have, I should say, uh, for what it was. Now, that said, one of the, the you know, long acclaimed titles was indeed the Killer Instinct kind of rebirth that took place there. There was some pretty darn great uh, experiences to be had for Killer Instinct. And this past week was the 10-year anniversary of Killer Instinct. Uh, and it brought with it a ton of really surprising news, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, the the Definitive Edition, which is the edition that, that exists now for Killer Instinct, uh, it's there on Game Pass. If you've got that, it was given away as Games of Gold at one point. Um, it is getting significant tweaks to a number of its fighters. A lot of them are being sped up. They don't a ton of balance stuff. Ten years after the last patch, which is which is crazy, um, the game is being changed and transitioned to the anniversary update, uh, ditching the app version of it that it once was and now kind of rekindling it to a much more streamlined, proper delivery of the game. Uh, all the yeah. characters will be included in, in the anniversary update. Uh, if you have the Game Pass edition, you have the anniversary update once it goes live. They're reducing the price to a $30 uh, price point. And in short, Logan, this is a pretty surprising but really cool thing. And it reminds me of uh, when, like, this is not meant to be a joke, but like when PlayStation remastered The Last of Us to set it up for the next spotlight that the show would give it. It feels like this is a setup for the next spotlight that Killer Instinct's next game or something else might bring it. Uh, it's kind of bringing it to be a more approachable, easier way to access the legacy title. Something that Xbox does well, I think. You know, Gears of War Ultimate Edition, the Master Chief Collection, they want their legacy titles to be easy to get to. And it feels like that's what this is. Yeah, I do too. And I, I think that they've... I hope so. I really do. Because I think Killer Instinct is one of those games... Ever since the Super Nintendo, man, it was just one of those fighters that stood out compared to like what what I had seen growing up. Like we had Street Fighter and Street Fighter was cool, but Killer Instinct brought with it just a level of gore and and um, macabre kind of like feel. Yeah, that was just so unique. You know, like everyone was doing humans versus humans. And Mortal Kombat gave us a couple little monsters and stuff, but Killer Instinct was really the one that came out and was just like, nah, we're reimagining like what fighters are. And and, and that was so unique and so so cool. Like I I just really love the character designs that they had in there. I think Spinal is still one of my favorites uh to this day. Like it, there's a, a commemoration to Spinal in Sea of Thieves with the figurehead. Yep. And mm -hmm. It's such a fitting um, character for Sea of Thieves, given the nature of the the game itself. But mm -hmm. it's so cool to have like one of my favorite Killer Instinct characters represented in one of my favorite games now, and just seeing the revival of this is it's it's hopeful, right? Like this is the year of fighters. It like, is the year it, of fighters. Tekken, I think the, the the outlier because it got pushed out. Uh, but uh, like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Killer Instinct, like what else do you need, man? Like these are the these are the one like Clay Fighters or uh, uh, Primal Rage are the only two that I can really think of. I'm like, all right, we're really, you know, Soul Calibur are the ones we're really like, all right, let's let's yeah. dip into the well now. It is neat to see like how much people were interested in this because they did a developer live stream that was 
very technical. All right, we've sped up this combo attack by twenty percent. Thunder Thunderhawk, his his attack is yeah. going to be this big. Like they were very technical, but people it's were really important. It. People were in on it, and it yeah. really. Uh, I dig the new color scheme of all things. To me, like think about CFD's anniversary update, the first one. It was it, it respotlighted the game thanks to a new cover art, a lot of tweaks in game. Oh yeah, and huge update. Instinct, yeah, and, and the Killer Instinct, even the graphic that just says Killer Instinct, it's all in gold and homage to Killer Instinct gold. But it's now going to be able to be splashed on screen when we do Game Pass and, and whatnot, um, and that's really neat. Like that's a really yeah. neat thing. I think they're really opening themselves up to getting to spotlight a game. And I hope they do not this exact thing. Cause it's not a fighter, but I hope they do this with a couple of the other Xbox one era titles that deserve it. Right. There are a few mm. Xbox one titles. I know people point to rise. I think rise is a bad game, by the way, bring it. Xbox fans rise is a bad oh. game. Deal with it. Mm. Um, but like Recore and a few of the others that kind of got a struggling community through, yeah. Why not get kind of give them a glow up or something? But this is a this is more of a first party IP, second party studio situation. Um, yeah. But I think it's leading to a new killer instinct somewhere in the next year. You know, it's it's surprising to me that that Xbox hasn't done what Nintendo would Nintendo do because Nintendo. When and uh, and I'm I know people are don't get triggered on me saying Nintendo, please. I know it's Nintendo, uh, but they went back to the well, like they usually do, but in a way that serviced the Wii U, Nintendo which was only a, goes to the well. No, they no, that's <laughs> they not don't make it out. They go to the well. I hate you. Shut up. They no, only go to the well. This is it's Breath of the Wild, man. Come on, it redefined what open world narratives could be. Um. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, getting back to to what I was thinking is like Nintendo went back to the well with the switch and the whole Wii U library has basically come back to life with some really fantastic games um, that did not get the light of day because the the Wii U console itself just sold horribly. Yeah. And That's this true. is a good opportunity for Xbox to do that. And because of backwards compatibility, it feels less necessary compared to like, you know, remastering it and putting an upgrade path to $10 so that folks could get a, a better version of it. Mm -hmm. If that was a thing in, in the industry. And I think that they really could do something like the 10 year anniversary of a lot of their Xbox one games and bring those out as like updated Xbox series versions give them a little bit of love give them a little bit of polish you know mm -hmm. check and see if there's any bugs that need to get worked out and then re-release those to an audience that probably did not pick it up because at that time the xbox one just did not sell as well as as the competitors did well I, it was well as sony did i guess not even close like not even so close i i think it was it was interesting to see like the the kudos that people were giving to the xbox one given that this weekend or this week was uh or, or maybe it was last week it was i think it was the 13th that the xbox one came out uh but effectively it's the 10 year anniversary of the xbox one and seeing people talk about the kind of like vision that was the xbox one is like that all-in-one media uh kind of system and how that is effectively like where we're at now. But the difference is, is that 
media comes through the forms of apps and streaming as right. opposed to being like your your cable uh, a company like hooking into your xbox mm-hmm. and it was just nice to see that you know killer instinct is is not a dead franchise it's still a beloved franchise compared to what most people would consider it's just one of those ones that most people probably don't go to first mm-hmm. when it comes to like thinking of fighters because of like street fighter and mortal Kombat being institutions the games yeah yeah they are the game like without a doubt they are the game to like look at see do handle yeah, yeah no doubt about that i i th- one of the things that's been neat uh over the this year is watching kind of the discussion around the fighting game community mortal kombat 1 came out which brought spotlight to mortal kombat 11 and like for me as the guy who enjoys ip spotlights seeing all the ip in mortal kombat 11 has me going back and checking that out there's rambo and terminator spawn joker yeah. uh, a lot of cool stuff there and that's fun for me to kind of watch and then you see uh street fighter hasn't done that but they did do costumes of ninja turtles and then you see in killer instinct which this version that everybody can pick up has got battle toads an homage to rare yeah uh, which makes sense it's got rom an homage to gears of war the arbiter is in there halo I love that. And I think that's why I and many people consistently call on Xbox to kind of create some sort of crossover fighter, platformer, racer, something, make use of these IP because it's fun to see them exist in, in, an, in an environment together. You look at Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl and Smash Brothers and Mario <laughs> Kart. There's a, there is a, a, a way to kind of get these characters to showcase. Um, and it helps spotlight eras of xbox because as people celebrate the xbox one they think about killer instinct and so many other titles that kind of define the generation failed or not it's fun to go back you know what i mean it Mm -hmm. it's fun to go back sometimes yeah and xbox is poised to do that so perfectly too with a lot of their backwards compatibility stuff i know i already mentioned it but i i i love touting that for for all the folks that are just like i you know i don't know what to play like man there's a there's a lot in that backwards compatibility con- uh, a list of games that are not just on Game Pass mm-hmm. that you could really go like dig into if you wanted to. It kind of bums me out though because I think sometimes Xbox uses the backward compatibility to get out of remastering stuff. Now, caveat, that's awesome on your wallet. Counterpoint. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you want a little more effort put into certain things. We've seen some really great collections from Digital Eclipse and, uh, you know, something with that Last of Us is doing with that $10 upgrade is bringing developer commentary. I would love new achievement lists from time to time. Like there are, are things I think that could be done. It's dope that we didn't have to buy anything to play the best version of Red Dead Redemption, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that we were all disappointed to not see that exist in their Red Dead 2 engine, but... You know, it it would have been cool if there was a new achievement list or developer comment, something, something. And it, there's a fine line to walk. It's case by case and it's not going to be a universal answer. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a question for you that you don't have to, you know, spend too much time on. But so often we're asked the question or, or the question comes up, you know, if you could give one IP to a studio uh, that that isn't the original studio, who would you give it to? Do you feel like Iron Galaxy is poised to take on the Killer Instinct franchise from here on out? Or do you think that that needs to be kind of at home with Rare, given 
the the trouble that we've seen with uh, Sea of Thieves and in, in their development, and also the the lack of information with Everwild and what that potential project could become, uh, are, is is Rare too full to be able to handle uh, Killer Instinct at this point? Should they pass it on to Iron Galaxy the way they did Battle Toads uh, with um, uh, uh, Delilah Studio? Is it Delilah Studios that, that Delilah. Delilah Studio Studios? Uh, that picked it up to to kind of create a new battle toads. So um, absolutely, rare is too busy for for. I will never ju- jump down rare's throat because what they've done with Sea of Thieves is incredible, and I think they brought the best new IP to market in Sea of Thieves. Like I, I that is just there's nothing like it out there. It has done incredible wonders. It truly kept the Xbox portfolio afloat and brought people into an ecosystem that never would have been afloat. Thank you. Uh, sea of Thieves is special. And so yeah. Rare deserves all the credit in the world for that. But they have struggled with delivery of content since its inception, trying to figure out the right cadence between uh, tall tales, between mysteries, between uh, you know PVE, PVP content. They have struggled here and there. And I think... Uh, they could use more attention and resources focused on on servicing that community. And, and that's a very big asterisk next to it because I think they've done an incredible job. Everwild is not doing what it needs to do or, or showing up, I think, where we expect it to show up at this point in time. Um, and why not let Iron Galaxy do its thing with Killer Instinct? Why not build a relationship with build a relationship with a third party studio effectively making them second party in this case why not do that kind of thing they've yeah. just done an incredible job xbox has microsoft has in finalizing the activision acquisition and bringing a huge amount of talent and ip under their umbrella which is making money hand over fist already thanks to diablo and call of duty but maybe it's time now to focus on some of those smaller uh relationships not a publisher not a Bethesda, not an Activision, not even an Obsidian size quad, but an Iron Galaxy. Maybe yeah. bring them into the fold or uh, allow them to allow their IP to be worked on because Xbox now has a number of IP and not enough studio to make them all. Why not? Why not? That tends. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I thought you were finished. No, no, please. Uh, I, I was going to say that tends to be the the strategy that we see with um, PlayStation, where they'll they'll bring on you know, like a blue point or, or a, a house mark or something, and they'll give them opportunities to produce something. And if it goes well, then that relationship grows uh, as opposed to just a, 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 you know, a blank check written mm-hmm. for a publisher or a studio to kind of like join the fold with what they've got. And I think there's, there's pros and cons to it. Like you're buying a studio and you're giving them the financial support to continue doing what they, what you, what they want to do as opposed to, telling a studio like hey if you work on this this is something that we could potentially use but if it doesn't then you're you're out of the you know you're not in the house you're not in the family kind of thing right um, so but i i do i i'm hoping with your hope that iron galaxy is given an opportunity to financially be supported beyond just what killer instinct does because it it, it feels like there's a reverence and a respect being put towards this anniversary edition that should be something that is is rewarded um both with like you know trust and 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 care from microsoft but also like monetarily let let, let them be able to make the next thing and not have to worry about where the money's coming from 
Worth mentioning, I think, that uh, Iron Galaxy, in addition to Killer Instinct, they've had some successes. Dive Kick was a really fun indie title on Vita and PlayStation to some eh, titles like Extinction. But they also helped co-develop the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection. They worked on Skyrim. They did the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy. They worked on Di- yeah. uh, Seven Days to Die. They worked on Spyro Reignited. So, like, there are connections there. They also worked on support for Fallout 76, for the Diablo 3 Eternal collection, for Overwatch. Yeah. Uh, so there are some really neat ties they have to Microsoft, to PlayStation. They're a well-connected studio, which means they are clearly talented. And so yeah. it would be neat, I think, to see that relationship continue to strengthen, um, whether by, by acquisition or not. Um, giving them Killer Instinct, keeping that an Xbox thing, I think it's a good thing. It's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, I do too. So, you know, take that for what it will. Um, There was an interesting story that came out this past week, Logan, about Xbox sales in uh, Europe that I found surprising and kind of just just wild. Uh, In short, thanks to GamesIndustry.biz, we saw that European sales of the Xbox are down 52% year over year. And that is a staggeringly bad number. And it's like, good Lord. Um, you want to, you look like you want to take this before I go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I just, I, it, it's wild to me to think about how good this year has been for Xbox first party wise. Yeah. And compared to last year and like, think like, oh yeah, sales are down 50%. It's like of all the years, really? Yeah. The, the, the 50, 50% dip is, is from 2022. Like what, what were 2022 sales compared to 2021 then? So I have to wonder kind of like the reasoning for this because PlayStation 5 was up 143% from last year. And to me, this is PlayStation 5's worst year in terms of single party releases or first party releases, right? Like Spider-Man 2 is one of my games of the year. Don't misunderstand. But like they've had some better years, right? Yeah. Um, And so that surprised me. Of course, the Switch continues to be pretty darn great. It had a 20% drop in sales and still... Switch is great. And what does that mean for Switch, right? But mm-hmm. Xbox has had an incredible year. You had Hi-Fi Rush, Age of Empires. You saw Minecraft Legends, which is, of course, multi-plat. Uh, they corrected the the PlayStation-exclusive Ghostwire. Uh, they brought out Redfall, which is the only black eye on the year. They had incredible day one releases into Game Pass. And then they had Starfield and Forza. It's like, why would you have a bad year? And the only thing I can think of is that it's related to the lack of marketing they likely did in Europe as a result of the Activision Blizzard thing, because that's where they had various yeah. troubles, maybe. Um, or it just speaks to the market. PlayStation's always been strong there. Nintendo's always been strong. Maybe it'll take more than a Starfield, more than a, a Forza, more than... Yeah. You know, maybe? It's it's really weird because I, I think that there's a... And, and I, I have no... I have no proof of this. This is just speculation on my part. So if you if you come at me with articles, I'll learn. But I'm not I'm not here to tell you what's right and what's wrong. But my gut instinct is having spoken with a lot of folks from Europe and the UK about their growing up. Anecdotally, it feels like a lot of them grew up with either uh, a PlayStation or a, a PC. And those markets are very segmented with their player bases and their in their like consumption. Like most PC players gravitate towards Steam. That is like 
the place to be that is the place to buy games when it comes to pc consoles or pc gaming consoles on the other hand tend to be playstation and i think a lot of that has to do with uh just it being out longer but also the type of games that are that have been on there like playstation has supported sports games really really well over the years Mm -hmm. uh uh, you know fifa is is consistently one of the top selling games for europe and uk and you know there's always marketing deals there that i think that playstation just has a better handle on Mm -hmm. so i think it's just one of those things like if you're a gamer in europe chances are you're probably buying a console. If you're not buying a console, then you're buying a PC and you're probably going to the Steam marketplace. And chances are, it's just, there's not, like you said, big enough hits on the Xbox that are exclusive that can really draw in the growth of the hardware sales there. I think Sea of Thieves, and I can can tell you from my perspective, analytics-wise, Sea of Thieves does really, really well for the pc and xbox market mm-hmm. in uh like norway sweden um some of the northern countries in europe because of the the sea-based heritage that is there like the culture there is 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 ingrained in like you know vikings and 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 mm-hmm. you know commerce and trade danish uh trading companies things like that so you you see a lot of folks gravitate towards that game because of their heritage and, and the things that they can do there but with like Europe, it just feels like they only go for what they're used to, what they're what they're have what they've had for years and gen- generations and stuff at this point. And there just hasn't been that big enough title. And it, it does kind of make me wonder, like, will Phil ever give us like Cog says, Lord Lord Cognito from Iron Lord's Iron podcast, yeah. the one. Like, will we ever get that one game? that will compete against the same genre as a God of War, a Horizon Zero Dawn, an Uncharted, uh, Mm -hmm. Last of Us. You know, will it be that over-the-shoulder third-person action narrative game Mm -hmm. that is 30-hour campaign and goes up for Game of the Awards? Like, will we get that game? It's got to be Hellblade, man. You think Hellblade is going to be big enough? I think it will be. I think Hellblade is special. Um, I think it's, I think it's special. I don't think it's big enough to to be able to compete against a God of War. I think people are. This is so weird to say because God of War is twenty eighteen is I think the best game ever made. Um, but I think Ragnarok disappointed. Uh, yeah. At least in terms of mind share, right? But but like, it was set up to disappoint. To be very clear, like, how do you perform that well again, right? Mm. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, I think people are ready for something different and I think Hellblade has the best chance of it in the Xbox Pantheon right now. I mean, no other game is an over the shoulder third person action adventure that is meant to look cinematic. That is meant to look so great. Cause like avowed's new direction clearly is a different direction than we were expecting it to be. Uh, yeah. Artistically wise, at least very should much so. still be the same game. Yeah, um, but even then, like, it's an Obsidian joint. Obsidian and Santa Monica don't make the same style games. So, you know, I think there's there's something to be said for that. Um, yeah, Hellblade, I think, is the, the one poised to be. Just as PlayStation doesn't have a Sea of Thieves, right? We've mm-hmm. yet to get a God of War, and I think that's 
the bigger reality of it. And it's a matter of like, find a way to click. You got to find yeah. a way to click. Um, I think that would be something that would start to convince people in other uh, like non-American based companies, uh, or, or at least I'm trying, I'm trying to say that, that because, because Microsoft is a, an American based company, we tend to trust Microsoft as a, as a company more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I think Google has more sway over worldwide usage just due to the nature of that. But I think that Xbox suffers from that in, in some ways, like there's a little bit of an Xbox tax there. An Xbox and- tax, you say, yeah skipping ahead uh, in the notes <laughs> um but i i think that if we do get that one game that that will kind of like show people like hey these the studios that make the games that you want to play that you find on like playstation are going to be something that that is feasible on xbox as well too i think starfield was the first the first real kind of like uh, mark on the on the ledger like hey this is the first one that it's going to be like that i think you're right starfield is the first and i still don't think starfield launched as well as it should have um but i also love it like it's one of my games of the year personally yeah. it's on my short list um but i totally get why it's not getting some of the accolades because it is a flawed experience to start it needs some some serious optimization it is it is always funny when they're like it may take you you know 18 to 20 hours to get into the groove of it it's like man yeah you hear that about final fantasy about skyrim about starfield about some of these bigger rpgs oh yeah Yeah. it gets good after 10 or like you need 10 hours to learn it now that is true you do need 10 hours to learn some games um but it needs to be fun in that 10 hours i think yeah yeah, that's that's definitely I think the opening to cyberpunk before the actual like credit credit scroll mm-hmm. I, or uh, uh, no not credit scroll, but the uh, the opening title, title scene, scene um, that that like kind of preamble before that is so well like manicured that it's it's that's a good 10 hour like learning curve on how to play the game. I think I think a lot of companies like if you're going to be making a, a huge open world RPG like a Starfield and stuff, please right. like nail that first digestible 10 hours mm-hmm. to teach people how to play the game mm-hmm. and, and let them explore after that, because that that really helped me when I was doing that. But Starfield was tough because you're given so much choice at the start that I'm like. I wish it was a little more curated at the beginning here because I'm still not sure how these systems work. But we're getting we're now we're starting to tangent off into like game design and stuff as opposed to why Xbox sales are so bad in Europe given True. the year. Oh man, but I have such a good thing I want to say about this. Oh, jump in then, please. Well, I just want to say it's also difficult without playing Starfield twice, three times, which it's meant to be done. Um, yeah, funny enough for those first those opening choices didn't seem to matter to me at all it like the the class for like a better term or the the occupation the history didn't seem to matter to my character in the slightest um maybe it did and i didn't notice it because i'm not tuned for some of those things um but but i didn't feel like it mattered and so like if you're gonna have a 10 hour or a big opening or whatnot like does it matter did it and i don't think it mattered as much in cyberpunk in the beginning um but I think some patches have kind of alleviated that, but your choices need to matter if you're going to put so much emphasis on making them in those opening hours. 
Mm-hmm. That's my point. Yeah. That was my point. But yeah, no, it's a good point, Dave. 52% in Europe. I will say also that I find that 52% alarming, Logan, but I do oh. not, I do not, I guess, panic given the, the, the revenues that are coming in, right? Like, first of all, like, it's not my company. I don't need to panic there. Um, I cover it. I don't (laughs) benefit from it. But Microsoft did complete a $70 billion acquisition. And they are making money hand over fist from Call of Duty right now, which is engagement is up across all platforms, like staggering amounts, despite some of the scores it got. It's doing extremely well. Diablo is back uh, and doing extremely well. And these are being published multi-platform in all of these areas plus game pass for pc is a thing plus mobile is a thing like xbox is doing well in these markets the system is not selling but the games are selling you know yeah which makes me wonder if if that's just people have access to it at the moment mm-hmm. I, it's it's so weird man i really don't know why and i and i i can't imagine that the general populace is, is tied in is is so like cued into what's going on right that they're like oh well playstation just announced their refresh so we might be holding off on buying one because there might be a refresh coming soon for xbox kind of thing like i can't imagine that that's what's going on i don't think it is i don't i'm just i'm confused it's it's odd but i think it could come i think the biggest picture is the biggest game is starfield it's available on pc and they've not marketed in europe because of a lot of the the acquisition deals and that's kind of what's going on i think that's that's truly what it is i really think that's what it is and that's that's okay i'm not i'm not bothered by that yeah i can live with it as long as as long as the games are doing well content is king that's all that matters yes logan i have completed structure on my spawn statue which has been distracting you for 40 minutes (laughs) you want to see it i do i do I know yeah. you've been very proud of this. Yeah. Oh, that's that. a cool looking one too. Yeah. He looks so cool. He looks so cool. It hurt. My hands hurt. Yeah. That's the trouble with some stat, man. Like the, the work you got to put in to get the little parts in. Like yeah. we're gamers, man. The buttons are easy to press. We're not used to this. But it looks good next to the Spider-Man and Venom statue. Oddly enough, Todd McFarlane did Venom. Uh, but also next to my gold controller, which you got me for my birthday, which was last week. Oh, look at that. Look at that. So cool. It's so cool. It's so good. It's so good. I've got some of these like generic controllers, uh, like a gray one and a blue one that yeah. I think I'm going to give to some of my students that need one for the holidays. Oh, neat. You know, because I've got had so many controllers now, you know? Yeah. So I hold on to them because you never know when your buddy's going to be like, hey, can you install Halo Master Chief Collection and boot up uh, two consoles with four controllers each so we can get that 16 versus 16 achievement? I've never once had anyone say anything like that. Oh boy. Uh, well, I have got a friend to introduce to you because <laughs> that way <laughs> he can ask you. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, let's see. Let's move on. And it's taxing. Say, I'll say that. All right, here we go. The Xbox tax, <laughs> the Xbox tax. Anybody that is outside. Oh no, I'm sorry. I want to answer fickle gamers question on the, the sales down question. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. I apologize. I should I should have transitioned that better. How dare uh, uh, at the fickle gamer one writes in on on Twitter and says, "Curious what your thoughts are on the whole Xbox can't sell consoles narrative that's going on right now." Phil has publicly stated that they can't put out uh, 
they can't out console Nintendo and PlayStation, but there aren't, but are these numbers cause for concern? If Microsoft stopped making Xbox consoles, it would be terrible. Um, I think in some regions of the world, there is no way Xbox can compete, but as long as their content is selling there, there's no reason to be concerned. I think that alludes to what we talked about, but I think that's okay in those areas, as long as the games are selling well. That's what I yeah. Yeah, and, and and I do think it would it would be really bad if Xbox stopped making consoles. I think having that dedicated hardware is really, really nice. I know that they don't they don't make a whole lot on them. I some of the best deals are on Black Friday for the Xbox or for the Series S. Like uh, we, I think I saw sub two hundred this year, which is the the best that I think I've seen with uh, uh, certain deals off and stuff like that, like codes and promotions, but. If they stop making hardware, it would be a, a real bummer because I've had each one over the over the decades. And I just I, I like having a dedicated hardware piece that is just built for consoles mm-hmm. and allow me to use that for a lot of the content that I that I like to consume. And honestly, like I I, I think it's concerning, but at the same time. As long as service and game sales are up, the that's the bread and butter. Um, having consoles or having access to consoles isn't necessarily a make it or break it deal for Xbox, and and I think that's kind of speaking to what Phil said is is that they're not they're not dependent the way Sony is on the hardware. They can put their content anywhere. Yep, simple as that. There you go. All right, Logan, the Xbox tax. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This has been a topic that has been making a lot of the social rounds. If you are not on social media, you likely have no idea what the Xbox tax is, and you are better for it, let me tell you. But it's the prevailing idea that media is biased against Xbox, giving the Xbox games lower scores, uh, spotlighting them less, using wording and articles that is inflammatory or at the very least uh, might pump up playstation celebrate what's good about a game versus if it's an xbox game might say hey what it doesn't have um there are a lot of people that are making this broad claim that it exists there are others refuting it and they're kind of getting into a console war there are a few that are like investigating is this happening um i have my own thoughts on what the xbox tax actually is versus what it may not be Uh, i'm sure you have your own thoughts as well logan but feel free to kind of bring some of this to the limelight so the discussion effectively is is that media bias is uh, a real thing and a lot of this comes uh because of like the game awards people are talking about how games like starfield are not in the running for game of the year given its design and stuff this is the first like new ip from starfield or from bethesda that, that they've been able to put out and it's not even in game of the year territory over games like uh you know, Resident Evil remake, which is a remake discussion to be had at some point for for folks if they want to discuss that. You know, does it should it be its own category, or um, uh, Super Mario Wonder, which feels like just another iteration of a of a two D Mario, a, a Super Mario three D world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the 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 articles that we typically see, or or that f- people feel like they see, is a lack of criticism on Sony for like the PS portal or Mm -hmm. the director's cut tax or which was uh, given the PS portal was like given an eight 
by I think it was IGN, and then someone was saying, "Okay, you know, the Steam Deck got a six. Oh, they they love PlayStation." And like, true or not, that's the kind of narrative that this is playing out to. Is that correct? Like, comparing yeah, score to score and saying that this is that. Yeah, and it and uh, a lot of folks uh, saying like, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three this year got the worst reviews uh, shortly after the acquisition of Xbox, and whether you decide to buy into the the xbox tax idea uh there has been some discussion and i think some salient points that there is some bias in the media towards playstation Mm -hmm. and i wanted to bring it up because i think it's i think it's interesting i don't think it's a cognitive i don't think it's an, an acted upon like mission statement from media to say like we will we will not talk bad about Sony, but we will talk bad about Xbox. Mm-hmm. I also I, heard comparisons of like Call of Duty and Battlefield, like when Battlefield launched, getting great uh, or spotlighting things that it's got that are great versus Call of Duty saying, "Hey, this doesn't have this; it's bad." Is that in short? Is that kind of what you're seeing or what yeah. you're thinking? Yeah, and and it's an and it's weird because. I don't know if you feel this is the case, but it it does it does feel weird that some of the criticisms that I have of Sony um, don't f- seem like they're it doesn't seem like they're pressed upon mm-hmm. when it comes to like the media who's writing about stuff. Like it doesn't feel like they're they're focusing on that mm-hmm. uh, as much as some of the negativity or some of the um, the the punishment that xbox tends to get like they don't get nearly as much coverage and i wanted to bring it up because i think that there's a a cause and a a cause and cause or cause and effect situation here with like commerce in in capitalism like sony sells better than xbox right now and because of that more people are in that ecosystem which means that Google trends are going to sway more towards Sony, which means that articles written about Sony are going to cause more traffic, Mm -hmm. which is going to cause more revenue for those outlets, which is going to incentivize them to push more content to that area because it gets more traffic. And it's this kind of, it's, it's, it's this double-edged sword. Like if you write about Xbox, you're not going to be able to make as much money off of the traffic of of the ads from those articles because not as many people are going to be searching for that unless it's a, like a like a hate article or mm-hmm. or like a an angry article like if it bleeds it leads mm-hmm. is what i've heard around and it's that, and it's true that that is exactly what i think tends to happen is that consciously or unconsciously websites see traffic and they write about things that bring them traffic because that's what pays bills, brings attention, helps them grow. Um, and so consciously or unconsciously, sites will do that. I do not think there is a conspiratorial, oh, this is an Xbox thing, let's diss it. I don't think that happens. Um, I yeah. don't think that's a, a thing. I think uh, that is that is that is some tinfoil hats, you know, the birds aren't real government spying on us type thing it's like like no i think it's more just like there is attention brought to things that people are willing to click on and that is what happens um i do think 
over time, there's likely been some language uh, adjustments on things that people, we know about language that when you hear it, see it and read it, then you start to kind of fall into line with it. That is, that is how language evolves and seeing certain words associated with a, a PlayStation, a Nintendo, a Steam, an Xbox, a, an Epic, an Amazon, you start to lean towards certain verbiage that tends to happen. Uh, yeah. consciously and unconsciously, it tends to happen. So I think that's more what's going on. Um, I know there are a lot of people getting up in arms on in social spaces. I think Destin Legary at IGN, who absolutely profits on his his Xbox fandom and dissing. Like he profits on his own channel. And he will say, I've seen him say things that I think are quite inflammatory at times to get an audience riled up so that he can make a video and and discuss it, which is something that every YouTuber does. Yeah, uh, his unique position with with IGN, I think, brings maybe a little like awkward questionability to it, but it's not a diss like it, it is what it is. If you're giving somebody oxygen like Dustin or anybody else and clicking on it, then you are feeding flames to that particular fire, I think. It, yeah, and and I think it's important that I, I think it's important to state that not everyone like a lot of people do genuinely want to have these conversations and that they do sometimes go into that kind of inflammatory thing as our biases will tend to push us you and i will will say inflammatory statements like call of duty is better than battlefield 2042 which is objectionably true it is and, true. it is true i'm sorry clint you need to know and you know that may rile up the community uh, you know, saying like rise is, is not a good game made, you know, but when it comes to like profiting off of something like that, that is the dangerous territory is when you, when you are actively looking for those things to try and drive engagement through, um, hot takes, like mm -hmm. those are the things that I think you, you should really be cautious of because I, I would, I would hate to have play or have a, a situation where nobody wants to bring up these kind of topics because they're going to be labeled as clickbait or or uh you know in, in engagement drivers mm -hmm. and that conversation can't be talked about that this is this may or may not be a thing and right i i don't think it's a thing personally i think it's just a a reaction to the market like this is you know playstation is the best-selling console Mm -hmm. by that far. yeah that is that is a a fact and because of that you're just going to have a larger gamer base that is searching for stuff i do think that there is a a, a, a good opportunity for media to try and drive more distinction between the content that they make and say you know if you're going to be talking about playstation predominantly let players know we are predominantly a PlayStation driven content creator, mm -hmm. whether you're an IGN or not. And if that's the case, if you're looking to be more holistic, I think you need to look where your weaknesses are and build those up as opposed to cutting them down. Mm -hmm. You know, don't start, don't start removing people or, or, uh, or uh, not allowing articles about Xbox for games that you don't cover because you don't have time or the people to be able to focus on it because that's not their forte. Find those people and hire them. 
there's a lot of freelance opportunities and I know a lot of people would be willing to do it. Um, and I know a lot of Xbox fans will go to places like Xbox era, pure Xbox, complete Xbox. These are places that I go um, when I need Xbox specific content. And that's because I don't find some of the articles that I need for people interested in Xbox. But I do think it's a genuine correlation that's not always causation in that if the if 54% of the market is PlayStation and or, or 34%, I forget what the numbers are from ABK, but it was very clear that Xbox is like 16, 20% of the overall mm. console market or something like that, right? You would see... F- 16 to 20% of the articles be Xbox skewed, you know? And that's not a one-to-one. There are flaws in that argument too. And I would not, I'm not dying on any hill here because I think that it's a subconscious thing that isn't intentionally vindictive. And I don't think, like I saw some people saying that like, well, there's a bias towards like, you know, PlayStation review copies. How does, like some of y'all talk like, you know, like, how do you know that? Like, what are you talking? Are you working at IGN? Like those review codes don't always come from the developer or the publisher. Sometimes they come from PlayStation or from Xbox. Sometimes it's hangups at Xbox that keep codes from getting out. That happens. That's a reality. Um, yeah. There are some, a lot of people are speaking like they know from firsthand experience when they do not. And so when it comes to this, I enjoy the, tell me what it is. Here's a counterpoint. Here's a counterpoint. And it worthwhile. Uh, somebody was saying, well, Digital Foundry doesn't spotlight Psychonauts 2. And then somebody else responded, here's the video where they do. I yeah. appreciate that because it's evidence-based and it's fact-based, not circumstantial, uh, not subjective-based. And so, cool. And I don't think anyone's doing favors to anyone by saying, by, by screaming Xbox tax. I don't agree that Modern Warfare 3 is bad. I just don't, Right. Like it should have been called and it was meant to be called, by the way, if anybody doesn't know, it was meant to be called Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 2022, 2023, rather. That's what it was supposed to be. Modern Warfare 2 2023. That's what it was going to be. Uh, Espresso yeah. and several other content creators that, that are they were at Call of Duty Next and everything. They know that. But Activision saw that it was getting to be bought and were, this is their last shot. But that doesn't mean the game that is out now is bad. I don't agree yeah. with that. I am not hurt by that review. I don't need to die on a hill. I can dispute it for content. Sure. But like no hill to die on there. No tax happening. Yeah. There was a, there was an interesting conversation that I saw recently uh, in a Twitch chat that was the, the relevance of, of the game awards. And we've had this discussion multiple times. So Mm -hmm. to keep it short, a lot of the, the overall discussion was, is game awards relevant? Should the industry be involved with the voting process given their bias? And it's like, it, there's bias regardless of where you go. So mm-hmm. the the fact that you're you're saying like industry being involved with the game awards is is biased, that's all dice dice awards are. So like you could look at the dice awards and say like if you wanted absolute bias for games and still see who comes out on top, that is a perfect example of how you could how you could approach it. But the the overall thing is don't listen to just one outlet. Mm-hmm. don't believe that one outlet is the perfect way to to deliver whether or not like a game is good or bad mm-hmm. like there are going to be things that are missed or or things that are overlooked or or you know biases involved given each person's like how many times do we see games come out and people are like oh this is a buggy mess and other people are like i didn't have any problems i don't know what you're talking about mm-hmm 
And surely uh, I have niche interests. So people jump in and join me on that. Our Discord's full of people that agree with me, people that disagree with me. Our content, you know, Battlefield arguments or when we talk about games that we like and don't like. Some of us liked Redfall. I'm well aware it's not a 10 out of 10. Surely not. But like, who cares? If you find people that like it and you enjoy a game or you just, it's you. It's just you playing what you like. You're playing what you like. You yeah. know, no amount of, of tax or whatnot. Like that's a silly thing. And I think it's long been proven, Logan, that media bias does not impact sales. If it did, no. yeah. if it did, we'd have a very different market. If it did, Modern Warfare 3 wouldn't have the engagement numbers it had. It, if it did, we wouldn't see some of the lambasting of some games or celebrations of others. You know, I think it, I think it can. And I think it does uh, to counterpoint you. Cause I do see like, like games that would have like the marketing is really good for Redfall. The reviews came out and panned it. And that definitely cost cost sales. But I think the opposite is true. Like, yes, it can kill sales, but it can also lift up sales as well too. And to, to quote someone that I was listening to the other day, there is a bit of a symbiotic relationship between people that are reviewing games and the sales that they make and the studios that are giving those codes to reviewers mm-hmm. and whether or not it does well. Like there's, there's definitely a, a relationship to be had on the marketing side of, of how that all works. Some people will throw marketing at a game to drown out the reviews for a game, mm-hmm. knowing that the game may be panned at launch. Can I, I want to make, I'm trying to clarify something. You said there's a symbiotic relationship between, between the studios that give codes and the reviews they get. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So like reviewers of the game impact the sales as well as the, the studios that do the marketing for them. And if a game does well, then the game will sell well or if the if the game reviews well then the game will sell well and this the this the reviewers will you know they'll they'll have articles and stuff that will drive traffic to their sites to to actually like make revenue for the reviewers but also the sales are going to go up so it's going to benefit the studios as well and the opposite is true if a if a if a reviewer says it's a bad game they may still make some money off of that review but eventually it will die down because no one's going to buy the game. No one's going to be looking up articles about the game. And as such, the game will do worse. Okay. I see what you're saying. I thought you were saying because a studio gives codes, they get higher reviews. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. That, All right. No. Now, now I'm clear because what you're saying is if a game is well-reviewed, the sales are going to have a longer tail because people can go back to that well. Yeah. And click on the article, read the article. It's going to be more. I see what you're saying. I thought yep. you were saying that a studio will get better reviews if they give more codes. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> give anyone the impression that I think reviewers are bought out. Okay. All right. Some all right, might, right. but not, not anyone that I talk to, man. I'm going to tell you like, like the whole bought out idea I think is very silly because who can afford to go spend $70 billion on on a studio on a publisher like Activision who can afford to just buy open AI employees if they need them who can afford Microsoft you know who can't Sony and Nintendo they don't have the war chest to go if Microsoft wanted to buy reviews they could and they sure as shit aren't getting them like it's just not a thing 
that and aspect is not happening. It's so funny because they have like people that they that they buy mock reviews of. Yeah, like they hire <laughs> they reviewers. Ones, by the way, hire different. Yeah, they ones. do. They, yeah, they really do. A little more critical. Um, yeah, they do hire people to do mock reviews of their games to get a better gauge of like what the community is going to say about it or what reviewers are going to say about it before it actually goes out to actual reviewers. So that if it needs to get delayed and they need to work on certain things, that gets caught. Mm -hmm. I hope that um, I have no idea how that mock reviews work. I don't know who they're hiring. Um, I don't know if they are like going to Travis at IGN and saying, hey, will you sign NDAs and do this one? And he's not the official. I don't know. I do not know how mock reviews are specifically it's, worked on. It's probably ghostwriters, but um, like it's, who it is yeah, they're it's, hiring. It's mostly independents mm -hmm. and, and contractors. But you never hear about it. So that's what, so it's got to be high no. NDA stuff. What I will say is that I hope, given the amount of titles that are coming out uh, that are under the umbrella, I hope that Xbox can afford now to say, hey, go fix this we're not releasing it playstation released what two games this year spider-man and was it just spider-man i thought they had a remaster in there no nope. just one okay i i think xbox has now defeated that we have no games i think they have defeated the the amount of stuff i hope that avowed that that needs to be great avowed I cannot think... be less than an eight like yeah. no less than eights out of xbox from here on out no less than eights Towerborn, Pentiment, these smaller titles, great, rock on. But if it's your AAA marketing thing, mm -mm, mm -mm. we not for a little bit. You can't afford less than an eight for a bit. What was that? South of Midnight? Yeah. That I think is going to be a 10. Because it's like the Criterion style. Like some games get high yes. reviews and don't yes. sell because they're hoity toity. Because it looks like it's, it is one of those like, this isn't your shooty shooty bang bang game like your high brows type stuff i don't know how to describe yeah. that yeah no okay. i i i think it's a i think it's um for the same reason you think sen uh uh senua is going to be or hellblade's going to be a um uh like a, a really really good game it's like there are certain games that you can look at and be like that is going to be a 10 out of 10 candidate and i think that those games are are games that we have coming Mm -hmm. in the coming years for xbox like i'm really excited i can't remember the um the steampunk game that's coming out uh clockwork that's revolution one. clockwork revolution i think is, looks beautiful i think that has really good potential to be an amazing game as well too yeah so i know I that i i think that we like the the discussion that, that xbox has no games we can now drop that argument mm -hmm. we can focus now on game of the year contenders mm -hmm. and when you, to go back like i i think about jesse norris at xbox era because i gave him a lot of crap for his redfall review uh i gave it a nine to me like it, that was just he gave, he gave it a nine absurd right absurd and jesse does great work but i thought that was absurd i think the games that they need to talk to the most diehard fan and the most critical so find jesse find the guy that gave modern warfare for a four look at the types of people that fall into those categories, talk to them as well, right? Figure mm -hmm. out what your kind of like your, your farthest periphery reviews are. Talk to your yeah. centralist, figure out if you can get an idea of the narrative. Um, maybe you get a better hold on kind of like what's happening. You yeah. Know? I don't know. I don't know. So, okay. 
kind of wrapping this up xbox tax we both agree not actually a conscious uh a thing that that studios and companies are doing yeah yeah definitely or, something that may be happening but not something that is actively being like you know tinfoil hat on yeah agree agree i don't know maybe we're wrong maybe we're wrong i would love to i would love to see the the proof of that come out where there was like a an office memo that comes out through like a lawsuit and they're like if anyone starts writing positive about Xbox, you have a 90 day notice. Yeah, sure. That would be nuts. That would be, that would be wild and unlikely. I, I would love to see the, the episode of ILP where King David goes off on that. I, I love that would be a great episode. I think those are fun, but I don't think they're healthy for the community. Uh, overall, like extended things like King is a character and I love him. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like, when you're logical, like like when your non-character commentators start going down the route, and I'm, I don't have interest in that. I think it's unhealthy. <laughs> you yeah. don't want to drink the Kool Aid. No, nope. I love I love them over there. I think I think they do great work. I oh, love yes. the the fanboy um, drive that they that they push because it it builds a community. Uh, as long as we can all agree, like. All games it, are good. It's fun when it's a bit. It is yeah. fun when it is a bit. That's what I think I'm trying to say. So, like, when I talk about some of the, the, these other creators, like, it's not in, in mean. I want, I'm worried that I'm not being understood. But, like, I don't, no, I it, don't think you're. A, yeah, when it's a bit, it's it's fun. Like, yeah. But but if you're sincerely like PlayStation sucks, like, dude, you haven't been paying attention. Like, you've not been, if you're telling me Xbox has no games, you've not been paying attention. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's a lot of ways. To and if you, if the Keeleys is your only barometer for success, you've not been paying attention. Like there's yeah. a lot. I enjoy genuine analysis. That's why XEP exists, but I do not enjoy like, I don't know, just the, I don't enjoy inflammatory for the sake of inflammatory. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be clear to kind of echo, just to kind of move past it and whatnot. Um, I, I don't think that, uh, King David or, or them um, are, are, are doing it outside the bit. I, I think, yeah. I, th I think the, the bit is their bread and butter. I think they do it really well. Mm -hmm. It's great content. Mm -hmm. And I, and I do know that they, that they genuinely love all games yes. like in all game consoles too. Oh yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Logan, I'm looking forward to a number of things later on this year, uh, like for our game of the year conversation and whatnot. But I still haven't played uh, like Alan Wake Two. I need to be in the headspace <laughs> yeah, for that one. No, right? As I was looking forward to that so much, but then just it's a mindset. Um, but I got back into Diablo. I got back into Call of Duty. I did every achievement in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019, except for nice. the multiplayer one. I did every achievement in Modern Warfare's two and three, except for the multiplayer ones. Uh, right now, like I did all of them, and I'm yeah. I'm, I'm having a a blast. I do that, like we know that I get locked in on something, and I just stay with it. Yeah. But uh, as I come out of my modern warfare campaign haze, uh, I'm jumping into back into the fighters, back into uh, Diablo Four. I'm loving a necromancer build. It's fun. Um, it's been cool, and like it's like all right now to get back to this big list of shame. And I know people added to it over Black Friday. I think next week we'll have numbers to talk about, which will be cool. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, game definitely. awards, uh, and then after game awards, like through December, I think we'll talk about our game of the years and stuff. And I'm looking Avatar. Oh, that's right, Avatar. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're, we might get review copies of that. We might not, but you got a free copy with your PC, right? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. The, the CPU $3, I bought. He got a $60 game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A $70 game. Thank you. Ubisoft. Uh, That's yeah. the Ubisoft tax. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about taxes. How about that $10, $70 price increase that Sony was like, we're doing this. And everyone's like, okay. And but everyone else. Last of Us 2 Remaster, $10 upgrade. That's how you treat your fans. No, Bye. how you treat your, fran- your fans is you just give them the content. You just say, hey, we got a free update like Ghost of Tsushima did with their free multiplayer content. But this like, has hey. got like new modes and stuff in it. But you're paying for the roguelite mode and you're getting commentary. Ghost of like Tsushima that. was a single player game. They added an entire multiplayer functionality to it for free. And they gave you the 4K 60 frames per second performance update before the director's cut. Iki Island was a whole new storyline that they created that was actual DLC and stuff. The, the, the multiplayer mode was just given. How no one knew it feel? was coming. Huh? And how does that make you feel? It makes me feel like Ghost of Tsushima, the, that sucker punch, is in fact Jesus. <laughs> okay all right all right all right <laughs> all right uh let's see here let's do two listener questions and then get out of here right. uh this first one comes from jose martinez over on twitter uh shout out jose by the way does like our cartoon avatars i sent you two more that he did yeah. for you, buddy. it looks so good too they do he said, i don't know if i told you about that but yeah i, I actually really thought they those look great i love i love our little avatars yeah they're cool uh, Jose Martinez, he says, imagine you're Jeff Keighley and have the power to invite any three celebrities or industry folk to the Game oh. Awards to present on stage. And let's assume they will automatically and graciously accept. Who are you inviting? I have my list. I'm going to let you think. OK, OK. I want to hear your list because I, I already know who one of them is going to be. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm curious if I'm right about that, because I, I feel like I would like top of mind. I already know like one person I want to bring. All right. So my my list of three people that would absolutely need to be at the Game Awards. The first is Barack Obama. Uh, (laughs) I want Barack Obama on that gaming stage living his best life. Uh, I think that'd be dope. Uh, And it'd be cool. He's out there. He's talking games. He's laughing. I I like when I see him at like Beyonce concerts and it would get so much attention. It would get so much attention if uh, Barry's there to present uh best narrative in an action adventure game i think that would be so cool um so and if he graciously accepts i think you get a lot of attention on the game awards and that's what jeff keely tries to do is get attention um yeah. it's not a diss by the way uh i think sean Layden absolutely should be there i think mm. he is a special person to a lot of developers um and there's no console fanboyism with that sean Layden is is special to an uh, and he's part of an iconic era of playstation the best era of playstation which is the ps4 era um and i think peter moore would be cool there kind of stepping in from outside the limelight i'd like to see those three there who do you you have okay all right all right so you want to know my three yes i do okay so number one henry cavill oh god oh oh you stirred me a little bit that's my boy (laughs) Henry Cavill coming oh to the Game Awards to announce a game. Only if he's talking Superman. 
would be it could be anything it doesn't matter the dude has been ingrained in freaking games since he's been like able to walk i think but you i mean like the huh, like yeah Lo- logan there are two celebrities that i would cry if i met i'm a girl yeah. i'm 38 years old everybody i would cry if that's i met I henry cavill and i would cry yeah. if i met ben affleck like that's those why two. i don't get it like why wouldn't you because i was thinking industry impact not Luke no, Moore he said impact. celebrities, my dude. But like, <laughs> who would be good for the? Oh my gosh, Henry Cavill. Yeah, we're talking celebrities. We're talking Robert De Niro. Uh, we're talking, you know, like I'm. I'm talking like, dude. It would. It Cavill would. would Henry Cavill. Choice. Henry Cavill would be my first choice. Yeah, I think uh, it would. <laughs> second choice would pro. I'm kind of iffy on this, but. I honestly would love to see Jamie Lee Curtis because uh, I, I know she's a big gamer. I know that she's, you know, she's been involved with, uh, she's involved with, um, is it Fallout? I think. I don't know. I can't remember. I think it's Fallout. Um, nope. That's going to bug me. I can't, I can't think of what it is. And I just blanked on my third one because now I'm questioning the the Fallout thing. Yeah. Jamie Lee uh, but, Curtis. You got Jamie Lee Curtis and and Henry Cavill are like the the two that I would most definitely want celebrities. I like it. And the the other one that I would like to see that would be interesting is. I would like to see Jack Black make an appearance. But on the same on the same way, like. It would either Boy, be between flat. <laughs> you had two great ones. I'm like, Jack Black would be no, there. No, no. So it, it would cool, be like, he'd be there. He'd be yeah, there anyway. But I mean, he is a gamer. Like he is a comedian. He is a, a musician. He was in the Super Mario Brothers movie. This year would be a great opportunity for him to come back and showcase his, his Bowser role and do like an onstage performance show, performance of Peaches. I would not be surprised if that happens this year. Um, But it's either between Jack Black or Keanu Reeves. Uh, especially with the cyberpunk phantom liberty dlc this year i think it would be great for him to reprise his you're beautiful on stage mm-hmm. and so it's a toss-up is either jack black or keanu reeves would be the two but yeah okay. henry cavill jamie lee curtis and then either jack black or or keanu reeves and i'm kind of leaning towards keanu reeves just because i love him but also i really love jack black as well too but those are my three celebrities hmm okay okay I like it. The Cavill one gets me personally. Like I get emotion. Like I, it's so dumb. Like why Superman? But yeah, it just does. I'm really excited for Superman Legacy. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Okay, <laughs> let's just move on. But if if, if he's the, no no we're not moving on. If he's there, he better be talking about a Superman game, whether he's in it or not. Like God, I'm mad. No, him and squad. him I'm and so Dave Cockler getting up on stage together, and it's going to be the two Geralts. That's cool. That's cool. It's not Superman, oh but it's my cool. God. Oh my God. It's fine. I guess. Witcher is still like, it, it was a former game of the year. Yeah, but it's not Superman. Well, of course it's not Superman. It's just saying Witcher. like, I deserve Superman. Like I think I've had a good year, right? Same. All right. The last question comes from the Lord, sir, Massler, handler, fixer, AKA the man of the year, Mr. James <laughs> buddy. Okay. He's a patron. He wrote it in in Discord. He said, how do you think the added voice reporting 
and recording and content ratings to Fortnite will affect gameplay. Do you think this will be an effective strategy for multiplayer games going forward? Trash talk has always been a part of multiplayer gaming, but most people I know do not enjoy it or participate in it. I honestly think that private rooms are much better for a pleasant gaming experience. He's, of course, alluding to the fact that, like, you can now, like, talk to people. Systems are coming into play where you can record people in lobbies that are trash talking, being rude, and report them. Yeah. There's a there's that whole new strike system that Xbox released recently, along with the functionality to be able to report people in voice chat. And it's and it's predominantly like people either toxic in your lobby or in uh, the the opposing team's lobby. Uh, this is really good for Sea of Thieves because as an open world game, you come across other crews and you can only talk to each other in game. Uh, although a lot of people do have private parties that they only talk to and, and Xbox separates those two party chats. Like you can't hear in-game voice versus party voice at the same time. Like you can through uh, discord or through like, um, uh, like PCs are able to hear uh, uh, like people in lobby, but also people in uh, private chats and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. if you're playing something like a Fortnite or a call of duty uh, where you can open up your, your voice chat to that, you have the opportunity to clip it the way you would normally clip any gameplay, submit it within 24 hours for harassment, and then have that be an actionable uh, report on that person if they are doing something uh, that breaks the terms of service or code of con- the code of conduct, honestly. Um, do I think that this is an effective strategy for multiplayer games going forward? Yes. Uh, Trash Talk has always been a part of multiplayer gaming, but most people I know don't enjoy it or participate. I think that's a cultural shift. I think as games have become more inclusive to groups that are not male, that we are realizing that what we say is not necessarily in line with how we should be treating people. And I think that that is a cognitive, it's a cognitive decision to try and treat others with respect as opposed to trying to, to beat them down like because it, it moved away from couch co-op mm-hmm. it moved away from land parties now we're talking to complete strangers why would you yell some of the stuff that people yell to your buddies on a couch the way to, to just someone random on the street mm-hmm. to, to, to someone at a store like you you don't do that it's just not socially acceptable to treat people the way that you might treat your best friends which also is a kind of a, a, a an unhealthy thing that you might want to you know look at. Look How do you treat the people that you love the most? Uh, and to to have systems like this in place is trying to build a better culture in my mind that keeps it so that complete strangers can feel like there is some sort of policing going on when it comes to harassment, because mm-hmm. otherwise it's the wild west. I agree with that. I I don't enjoy it. I don't get. I don't even like com- competition. <laughs> like I joke with Kev half the time, like about our KDs and stuff. But in reality, yeah. I don't have fun when we're <laughs> when we're talking junk. Like you don't not, even like doing objectives in zombies. I just yeah. I turn <laughs> my brain off. Just tell me where to go. I don't care. Um, <laughs> tell me what to do. I don't. Whatever. So yeah. Yeah, I got it. That's that's the end of my statement. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't enjoy that that argument or the argument. The 
the the competitive nature uh there's there's something that i think was lost when games went to competitive multiplayer between teams in in like competitions and stuff like that and that was good sportsman like behavior um i even see that like regressing in actual sports like you know it, it, we're seeing people like being bloodied and attacking each other in in nba games and stuff like that and it's like that does not like why does trash talk get to the level where now you're now it's like to fisticuffs level mm -hmm. like take a step back it's a game you're all getting paid to be a performer whether it's through a sport or, or you know uh, playing a video game you do not have to be a bad person to still be really good at what you do let your skill showcase your talent mm -hmm. and not your mouth because nothing you're saying is relevant or going to be uh, like, remember, like all you're doing is hurting other people and yourself because you're hurting your reputation and what people perceive you as, as people decide, like, this is not the thing to do. And it's moving away from that familiarity and uh, rapport that you have with your buddies, like teabagging your buddy in Call of Duty or in, in Halo when it's four people on a couch on one TV screen, that's a rapport you have with your friends. That's not something you should be doing to a complete stranger. I agree. I just don't understand people that are like that personally. You it's know? a power thing. It's, it's just a, a power thing to make them feel better about themselves. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. All right, man. Well, I think that's a good place to, to stop off here. Yeah. Here we go. We went longer than I expected. We did. It was a it was a chill week, but I find that the the Xbox tax argument requires nuance, and so it's worth going into. I think. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So I'd, well, I'd rather we address it than not address it when everyone else is talking about it, because I think it's important to kind of like let folks know, like, yeah, we do have opinions on this. It just yeah. may not align with everyone else's. Yes, I agree. I agree. All right, man. Well, uh, I'm going to ask you to cite very, where your socials are and where people can find you. Yeah. Uh, fam, if you guys love what I'm saying or you think that I'm wrong, uh, you can always let me know over on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N on threads at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can find the show Keelhauled, which is the Sea of Thieves podcast that I do every week uh, on your podcast catcher of choice or on YouTube or Spotify. Otherwise, um, come hang out with us in the patron discord. We regularly show up there to chat like with other people and have a good conversation. It's just a lot of fun. And I'd love to see more folks pop in and, and share, share what they're playing. Agree. Agree. Uh, I'll ask anybody to check out patreon.com slash Xbox expansion pass. We really do appreciate the help. If you saved a few bucks on black Friday and you're able to spare a few bucks to help XCP, uh, it would genuinely mean the world. Uh, you can find me on socials at Insipid Ghost. I'm having a blast over on threads and Twitter, uh, chatting with you awesome people. And, of course, you can find XCP on all your podcast services and on YouTube. Have a fantastic rest of your week, everyone. Take care.